Hello, good evening, and welcome to the latest episode of the Magicast. I'm your host, Scott Monroe. Welcome to episode 179. It's just the two of us again this week. Welcome back, Joey Palmieri from a cold, cold Canada. How are we today, Joey? Good, good, Scott. Well, the weather weather is warming up from the last time we spoke, so that's positive. And yeah, everything's good for me. How about you? Yeah, all good, all good. Can't complain. I'm in the office tomorrow, so uh, looking forward to getting up early instead of having a nice day in while working from home. The troubles. Um, you sent me a message. Was it yesterday or Saturday night? About was it minus twenty two? It was going to get or something. Oh. It it got to uh, minus. It ended up getting to minus twenty eight, and it felt oh. like minus forty five. Oh dear God! Yeah, with the wind. But I actually, Scott, I went for an hour walk from that weather I showed you. I was like, yeah, I'm still gonna go outside, get a walk, get some fresh air. I was cold, but I I went through it. People called me crazy, but I don't know. Just us Canadians, I guess we're used to it. Did you get a Tim Hortons? Uh, no, I did not. I had the. Uh, I I prefer uh, if I make my own coffee or tea at home. So I find it's much better. I think Tim Hortons is actually. Uh, I know it gets a lot of rev- like good reviews about it, but lately it hasn't been great. So I just I just I prefer tea and coffee at home. Fair enough. We have a few Tim Hortons over here in the UK, and um, I went into one in Stockport, which is, I would say, just outside Manchester um, in the summer in August after watching Swindon play, and evidently a couple a, a day before I flew out to Rome. And I, I enjoyed it. It was quite nice. I had the donuts. I didn't have the coffee, but the donuts were quite nice. Oh, the donuts are always great. It's the coffee that's really uh, the quality. Just I, I don't know. It's just degraded over the years. It got too maybe too commercial. It used to be great, but it got maybe too commercial. So I, I don't know what happened to it. Our Canadian, our Canadian ass Roma fans will be loving our chat about Tim Hortons and donuts, but the rest of us are probably thinking, "What are these two? What are these two talking about?" But yeah, <laughs> sorry for the weather chat and the um, the food chat. Uh, before we start, I just want to say um, thoughts and wishes to the people who have been affected by the two earthquakes in Turkey and Syria. It it didn't look good on what I've seen on the news and what I've seen on social media. So thoughts and prayers are with people who've been affected. It's um hope it hope there is light at the end of the tunnel and people who have been who are stuck get found and get found safe and get reunited with uh, their loved ones. I'm just sending thoughts and prayers to the people who have been affected. Yeah, same for me, Scott. Just uh, I'll say the same thing. Just thoughts and players for everything that happened in Turkey and Syria, and I wish the best for everybody. Yeah, it's not. It uh, wasn't a great thing to see on the news this afternoon and earlier today. Uh, just some of uh, it looked quite bad, and just as uh, yeah, just echoing just thoughts and prayers, and hope everyone that has been affected is safe and and well. Um, should we talk about football? Should we go? Let's get to it. Should we go chronological? Coppa Italia. <laughs> um, we I should, think, so we can end up positively. Yeah, I think the aftermath was was quite fun on social media. Um, I think a lot of fans that I saw may have got a bit too emotional. 
uh, which is understandable. Um, us football fans can get quite emotional, but uh, us Roma fans probably get too emotional as well. But a, a defeat to a team who lost 2-0 at the weekend at home to Lecce and still have not won in Serie A this season. Their two wins in football this season have come against Napoli on penalties and against AS Roma and the Coppa Italia. They do like the Southern teams to play against in in that competition and now they will play Fiorentina in the semi-final of the Coppa Italia in Cremonese and Juventus will play Inter Milan but Joey we were we were saying that we wanted some changes there were some changes it was a bit radical there was four substitutions I think at half time Roma went on to lose the game 2-1 in a game they really shouldn't have lost and I think the first half may have cost them badly I think Jose at one point went 4-1-5 in the second half just to try and break Cremonese down that didn't sort of work but what was your over- overall thoughts about Roma's mad exit in the quarterfinal stage of the Coppa Italia? To be quite honest, Scott, they were just, they were hot garbage. I, I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> I mean, hot garbage. Yeah, there's just, uh, look, the second half was a little better, but the first half was just, was just terrible. Um, I knew from the minute, if you can recall, where Ibanez misplayed that pass, he was trying to go to Mancini. He misplayed a pass like 10, 15 yards behind him, and it went nowhere. I knew from them, I'm like, oh, this is not going to be a great night for Roma. I can see they're going to have one of their Roma-esque type games. And lo and behold, uh, Kumbula just a few minutes later uh, gives that horrific ball away and penalty, Desser scores, and we're then at that point we're chasing the game. And yeah, I did want changes, and I was glad we saw some of them, but I didn't expect the reserves to play this bad. And I I don't think uh, Mourinho has much confidence in them. He was saying, you see, when we when we have to rotate, it's either I suffer here or I suffer, you know, Empoli. When he has to rotate some of the players, there there really is a drop off in quality. Um, I still don't understand how Matty Cameron doesn't play. Um, I'm I, I'll probably. Hopefully I'm correct on this, but I'm going to debunk the theory of uh, him being an obligation to buy with certain amount of uh, with certain amount of games he's played. I think so many journalists on Twitter have denied this, and even Mourinho has said that uh, we didn't purchase him, which I don't understand. But I think he should get minutes. But beyond that choice, I mean, what other choice do you have? You can't play Matic on you know after playing uh, the Napoli game. Uh, you can't play Matic three days later. You want to give Dybala a rest because you always know Scott and I always have this sort of like, this sort of expression when I see Dybala hit the ground or get tackled, I get so worried and I tense up in case he's going to get injured. So playing him on three days rest, is it's a risk. So this is what happens. And they had a brutal first half. They made changes. They brought on a lot of starters second half. And then coming in second half, they you know the own unfortunate own goal by Selic. Um, I don't think anybody played well. I I only will give maybe my only positive note. Maybe I'll give is Bellotti didn't have a great first half, but I thought he came on a little stronger second half, and it was much better than some of the performances we've seen from him. But it doesn't say much, and I'm glad he scored. 
but it was a little too late. Uh, second half, we're just uh, we're just out of out of ideas. It was just one of those games where we could try as much as we could. We just weren't going to win that game. We just they just played terribly all night. Do you understand the emotional? Um, rational thinking by some supporters on social media after the result because this did feel like a, an opportunity lost of a potential semi-final against Fiorentina and whoever wins that could be having a, a Coppa Italia final and a, a trophy at the end of the day. Do you feel like this was a massive opportunity missed? Of course, of course. I feel with every Romanista that thought you're going to go to the finals, uh, you know, and then from there, if then, then on, uh, you never know what can happen. And we all know Mourinho's record in the final, so everyone mm. thought this was going to be their 10th cup. Uh, but again, they they say it prematurely. Everyone thinks, you know, we're going to achieve something, and then this is where Roma begins to happen. Scott, honestly, it, this whole Coppa Italia story it really reminded me of something like like the same sort of disappointment from uh, I'm a Game of Thrones fan spot. I don't okay. know if you are. No, sorry. <laughs> oh, well, it's it, everyone knows about it, right? And Game of Thrones fans can feel that there was so much hype and enthusiasm and everything through the first seven seasons. And then come the last season, there were eight seasons. Come the last season, everyone had so much hype going in of how this is going to end. Uh, for the story, this this beautiful, miraculous story. And it kind of felt like that. It was just such a big shock and disappointment as it was in the last season of Game of Thrones. Same thing with Roma. This whole story was built from them making the finals and having this incredible story. And in the end, it becomes a massive disappointment from a team that's never won a game. So yeah, I feel... I feel with the, I feel with the Roma fans. Like, I was disappointed as well. Again, it's not the most valued competition, in my opinion, for me. But maybe some people value it more, and it hurts them more. But for sure, it's a it's it was a huge opportunity missed. I think it's just the performance that like you can have a performance when you play so so well against Napoli, and then you play like this three days later. Um, I think questions would have been asked if Roma didn't bounce back on Saturday, which they did. But yeah, it felt like a massive opportunity miss because there was a potential semi-final on the horizons. And there would have been, if Lazio managed to get past Juventus, there could have been an all-Roman potential final, but that's been quashed. And now there's there's Fiorentina, Cremonese and Juventus Inter. Two very interesting semi-finals going forward, but yeah, Cremonese is what two games away from a final, and they sit rock bottom in Serie A with no wins. Uh, and they just recently lost to Lecce. Um, Roma do play Cremonese in three weeks tomorrow after the Europa League, so they probably want to seek revenge. Um, I'll also point out, Scott, that uh, Cremonese uh, didn't play all their starters as well. So yeah, even, yeah, I was even more perplexed. They. They didn't have Karnaseki, the young goalkeeper that's making uh, noise in Serie A, mm. how good he's been. And even uh, somebody who's impressed for them, Sir Nicola, um, they didn't have him playing as well. So I, I I, don't know. It just, you know, we played our backup. Sure, everyone can make that as a choose, but so did they. 
Mm-hmm. And they brought in a game plan and Roma just weren't up to par. And it really makes me question. We talked about depth throughout the whole summer. And again, apart from camera, um, and we'll get to the words said about Sobak in later, but apart from, apart from maybe camera as a questionable decision, everybody else just doesn't seem up to par and seems our quality, our depth still isn't fixed. And we still drop off just a whole nother level when we rotate some of these other guys in and it's just something I don't have any answers to. Yeah, it's a massive question for that to be asked. I've seen it so many times this season. I think we've seen it so often before the World Cup. Not as much after the World Cup because Roma have had this excellent start to the year um, bar the two defeats in two competitions. But yeah, it's uh, it's that sort of performance will have a question bearing going on to the rest of the season because the lack of depth isn't there. Um, I was going to mention this later in the pod, but we mentioned this last week. If you would have sold a player for 40 million euros when you had the chance in the summer, there was going to be some spending money and then you probably would have got some players in and then you would have had the depth for the squad for to rely on three competitions. But you don't have that now. You potentially will be selling a player for... 45% less than what you wanted to sell him in in the summer. Uh, you probably will have that money for, for the upcoming summer. But yeah, we'll talk about that certain topic and that certain player later on. Shall we talk about the game on Saturday? Yes, we can bring some more positivity. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, if you're in the UK, you miss both goals due to the archaic, stupid blackout rule, which has been in... I think it's existence for, I think, over a century now, where, I think it's more than a century, sorry, where uh, you can't watch football between 2.45 and 5.15 on on a Saturday on any of the the football platforms on TV. So Sky, BT Sport, and I think it's Vitality, which now show La Liga and stuff like that. So Roman went to and up after six minutes with two headed goals from Roger Banyas and Tammy Abraham and then Vicario pulled off one of the best triple saves I've ever seen. Uh Roma had chances in the first half to make it five. They really to be honest, they could have won this five nil. They could have been five up, sorry, in the first half. Just all the, the set pieces and Empoli struggled, but the second half was all about game management and it was really good to see. Um Empoli grew a lot into the game. I, I, they, I think under Zanetti, they will be a good team. They are a good team. They've they've impressed a lot of people this season. I think Zanetti is a very good coach. He's got a very good core of players there. Vicario, uh, the left-back per, uh, Parisi. Is it Baldassani, the 19-year-old? Who, Baldancy. Baldancy, sorry, yeah. Who's got snake hips as a 19-year-old. He, I think Wayne... Says he reminds him of Paolo Dybala. Um, they've got depth in their squad. They're they're a very good team, but that was a very good win in the end, wasn't it, Jerry? Uh, it elevated Roma into the top three going into the weekend, as um, Atalanta lost at Sassuolo. Napoli were just, uh, I would say they were had to they weren't at their best, and they won at Spezia, Milan derby. I did not watch. Um, two teams fighting it out who have been struggling, but into one. But yeah, the results went Roma's way of the weekend. But that was a good, good, uh, a good performance in the end. 
Yeah, it definitely was a, a good bounce back, Scott. I mean, we played our starters and besides the, you know, our wonderful Cristante Matic pairing, which they, I mean, they looked okay against uh, an Empoli side. Um, we played our, our best 11 that we could. And I think they inserted their dominance at the beginning, the first 30, 35 minutes they played with real quality. You said it, Scott, they could have had. Uh, they could have had more, definitely more than two goals. Abraham himself could have had four goals. He had another header, which was a wonderful save by uh, Vicario. He also missed uh, a header. And again, they're all headed headed attempts. He missed another one that missed wide. And then the rem- amazing triple save by Vicario on, the, uh, on Abraham. And even I think it was Mancini who took the shot before uh, by the way, they should Roma should do anything in their powers to sign him. So, hey man, I, really I hope. totally agree with that. I would uh, have him in here in a heartbeat. Oh, definitely, he would be the perfect time to replace uh, Patricio. But we'll get into the market talk later. So, <laughs> yeah, they just uh, they just Empoli couldn't handle us on um, on set pieces at all, and that's been Roma's strength all year, and it worked out definitely in our favor. And you're right, I think second half. Uh, they did manage the game. I think this is what's kind of getting us through games um, for the second half of the season. We're not trying to we're not trying to put one hundred percent energy if it's not needed. That makes sense. You need to reserve energy. That's part of getting through an entire season. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So I, I did find uh, Mourinho's words a little peculiar when he said, "You know, this is this is our nature where we play amazing for 30, 45 minutes and then we just drop off. It's in our nature. So I don't know what we need to do to fix that. And I don't know if he wants to always, if he's just saying those words or he's intently trying to uh, reduce, you know, reduce the intensity to game manage, or it's really just the team itself. Just this is how they are, but um, they did a good job and this is what we want to see going forward. And this is, I think this is the way they're going to make champions league. Just, Start from defense, make sure you don't ship any goals, and then work from there. And any opportunity you get with set pieces or Dybala magic is is there really their way going forward for the rest of the season. I completely agree. I was going to make a bold prediction. Ah, screw it. I'm going to make it. I had this thought when I was on my afternoon walk yesterday, enjoying some fresh air and a bit of early February sunshine here in the UK, I had this thought in my head that I think both Roman clubs will make the Champions League. Um, oh, okay. Bold prediction. It's a very bold prediction. I'm more than happy to be proven wrong. Um, uh, this, I think either one, sorry, either of the Milan clubs will miss out. Napoli are streets ahead. They are miles, miles ahead, and it's it's scary. I think that fourth that fourth spot could be one of Atalanta and the two Milan clubs. I think Lazio and Roma will have a fight as well, but I think both Roman clubs will make Champions League. That's my bold statement. Yeah, you gotta go. You gotta be brave and bold. In it's twenty twenty three. Screw it! <laughs> I'm more. I'm. Uh, this might come back to haunt me in probably exactly four months' time after the final round of action. But yeah, that's my bold prediction of 2023. Uh, it'll probably be proved wrong, and this will be clipped up, and I get tagged on social media. Um, 
yeah, bring it on. But well, Scott, <laughs> it's uh, it's too bad you didn't see the Milan derby because after oh. you saw Milan's performance, you would definitely it, it ended one zero. But if you actually yeah. watch Milan play, you'll see. Yeah, that's one of the teams that won't make Champions League. But this also Scott goes back to um, with the loss to Naples. Uh, I don't know if you remember in our podcast uh, during the uh, during the Naples uh, Napoli game. I mentioned how teams around us didn't take the opportunity by us losing a few teams, mm. such as Milan losing and Lazio drawing. Um, and look what happened. We took our we took advantage on playing Empoli. Then we took advantage on Milan teams, one of them losing or if they tied and it ended up being Milan lost. And Atalanta lost to Sassuolo. Thank you, Davide Fratesi and the team. Yeah. But they we took we ended up taking advantage of gaining points. That's why I was so positive that episode as well, because we uh although we lost teams around us, not every team, but certain some teams around us battling for Champions League, uh didn't gain the points where they needed to when we played a tough team. And now look, our turn is they ended up playing a tough team and we gained up and we're gonna end up at least fourth by the end of this match day. So that's where we're trying to bring some positivity. And this is where we need to continue. Uh, we have three winnable games uh, coming up. So we need to take control. And if you win those games, then March, it's okay if you drop a bit of points because you do play Lazio and Juventus. Hopefully not. But if you win all these winnable games, I really think your bold prediction can come true. Oh, well, yeah. Um, well, it's, it's out there. Um, so, yeah, I think Lazio will 1-0 up against Hellas Verona's. Verona, um, uh, they uh, Pedro scored. Um, that was uh, Scott, last. it's actually one one. One one. Further update. Yes. Ooh. This was. I did check twenty minutes ago before we recorded. I saw um, Pedro scored. Um, there's also a game tonight, which is Monza Sampdoria. Uh, Monza have the chance to do a double over Sampdoria, and they've already done a double over. Juventus this, this season and Juventus are away in Salerno tomorrow so there's still a couple of games left yeah Roma have an excellent chance to be in the top four uh, they play Lecce next Saturday uh, I think that might be a, a, a tough a tougher game Lecce did give Roma a game with 10 men in the previous game in October and then you've got oh god my mind's going to go blank now um, the two Red Bull Salzburg games Cremonese, Verona and Cremonese. Verona and Cremonese, and then you've got Juventus, and then you've got Sassuolo, and then you've got Lazio. And then probably if Roma get through in the Europa League, there's a last 16 tie in there as well before the March International break. So we're, we're saying if you pick up points in February, and it gives you the greatest platform to push for top four um, against... Because in March, the games are going to be fast, you're against a wounded Juventus, you're against a Sassuolo team who looked pretty decent in 2023 after a, a, a poor end to 2022 and they've managed to pick up points and then you've got the derby against Lazio where Roma will be seeking revenge after that absolute horror show in in November but it was a good win on on, on Thursday uh, on Saturday. Um, my final question on this, you brought this up earlier substitutions Giving Lorente and Bellotti a minute and also not bringing on Sol Bakken after Dybala got a knee in the back and suffered a little bit. It was a bit strange. Would you have given them a, them a bit more time? Because uh, yeah. to give, adapt them to... Not adapt. Lorente got, what, 
a minute. Belotti got a minute. I don't think Solbach came on, but you've got to give Solbach a minute to adapt to a new league after he's come come from Norway. And also, he's got to adapt to a new tactical setup. He was playing four three three, right on. Sorry, wide on the right, cutting in. Um, Roma played like a, th- a hybrid three five two, three four three formation. Um, I think you just got to give him minutes to sort of acclimatize to Roma's tactics. Uh, definitely, and what uh, what Mourinho said in his uh, press conference uh, about Solbakin is uh, is a little it's a little strange. He he said he needs to adapt to our tactics. He still doesn't know or understand you know, what the difference is between a three four two one and a five three two. Those were his exact words. So. I don't know if it's a trust thing, but you're right. He definitely has to give him some minutes just to see what the guy can do. Giving him two, three minutes a game where he hasn't even touched the ball yet, it's not going to be really helpful for his development. And it makes me question, Scott. I just, I don't know if, was it a Mourinho purchase or a Pinto purchase? Maybe something or that you would know if you ever heard a report because I don't even know if Mourinho wants him. It just doesn't make any sense of how he's treated him so far. It's been a little strange. And same with Llorente and Bellotti. But I guess Mourinho's always done this. He always gives these sort of substitutions late. I guess it's a kill-off time. Yeah. The only thing I'll say maybe to Bellotti, it's um, uh, could it be, Scott, maybe you can answer me this as well, could it be a, a sign of respect? Because you do know how his contract situation is. Um, it goes by appearances to get automatically renewed. Uh, Maybe he does want him to get renewed. And this is a way of kind of like getting him closer to the, you know, the renewal by the amount of games he's played. Mm. I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's really, it's something really questionable by Jose, but he's always done this in the past. So I'm not surprised, but it is a little strange. I do understand what he did because it was killing time as Empley did get more into the game. But uh, a part of me thinks you could have brought them both on earlier and you probably could have given Sol back in some time. So he, he did bring on, what was it, Bove? Uh, the two substitutions right near the end. Did he bring anyone else on? No, it was just Bove. But Bove seems to be the uh, the natural selection yeah. when we're up at least 2-1 or 2-0. He'll bring them on for somebody like Dybala, not to risk him any further. Mm. And just cause havoc and press and press high, be, yeah. yeah be tactically disciplined uh so he has trust in that and then it was just the two subs at the end yeah that, that's that's understood. i do like bove i think he has grown when he's given minutes he does like to press high and, and win the ball he's like didn't jose call him he's like a, a, a lost puppy um, when he tries to run around and win the ball back but no, overall a very very good performance a very good win um, back it was a Roman war what top three going into Sunday's game but yeah it was uh, it was good to bounce back after the Coppa Italia horror show and then Roma Roma do play Lecce in um, Serie A next Saturday another Saturday kickoff another five pm UK kickoff six pm in in Italy so I think that was one of Roma's first Saturday games for a while and they've now had two in a row potentially but potentially they will do uh, going into this busy period um should we talk about a potential transfer out as the Turkish window shuts on Wednesday evening there was talks 
and rumours of a certain someone, Nicola Zaniolo, leaving the club um, on a, a value. I think it was, I think it was either fifteen million or eighteen million euros up front plus seven bonuses. I think it was fifteen, so overall it'll be twenty three million euros, which. Uh, as a value, I probably wouldn't think of as great as Premier League clubs. I think a Premier League club in Bournemouth offered 30 to 35 million euros, not last week. Um, I think Roma just won him out of the club and off the books. He's got, he had a medical certificate saying that he won't be training for 30 days, I read last week. And a part of me was thinking, yeah, I, he doesn't want to be here. Him and his agent have not dusted themselves in glory. Um, it's it hasn't ended well. It's not going to end well. Do do you think both clubs, Roma or Galatasaray or Fenerbahce, will be able to strike a deal uh, on closer to the deadline? And do you think he'll be gone in the next couple of days? And do you think Roma will be able to reinvest some of that money in the summer? Uh, I think so, Scott. Uh, first on Zaniolo deal, I, if you want to talk something about something strange, well, this is this is a strange, strange deal. I would never think Zaniolo would accept to go to Turkey, mm. but this is a very this is a very Roma thing, really, Scott. We we had a, a wonderful thirty to thirty five million dollar offer with bonuses and ten percent future on um, future on a resale from him to be able to reinvest money for him to say no to go to Premier League for more money just to end up going to Turkey and Roma getting less money. So that's that's really a, a Roma situation if I've ever seen one, just us getting the short end of the stick, as we like to say. But for the deal itself, I think it is going to happen, Scott. Um, I've been following it all day, and they're actually reporting that a deal uh, seems to be close to happening. So I actually think he got worried about uh, him not playing for six months. And mm. evidently I think he's going to accept the deal. And I think it's actually going to go through. Yeah. There was rumors of a, I think a potential release clause put into the, the contract. I know that I read that last night and I saw somewhere this morning, UK time that Fenerbahce were trying to hijack the deal. Um, but if it goes to Galatasaray, they will be playing with a uh, Cardi, uh, Torreira, yeah, Torreira, Dries Mertens. Yeah, I think he, if he does go, it'll be an, an interesting project for him to go. Do you, do you call it a fall from grace, or do you just call it a missed opportunity for him or for Roma to maybe cashed in on him, maybe in the summer, last summer when there was apparently I've heard this on on Roma Press, and I think we we both talked about it last week of a. A forty million euro deal with the Juventus. Uh, hindsight is a wonderful thing. Looking back six, seven months ago, but Rome really should have cashed in on him last season, shouldn't they? Or last. Uh, season. Def- definitely, it's uh, it's for sure a missed opportunity. Even even the uh, the January, which was to me the the last big missed opportunity that we had, because we could have reinvested then and there to help the team. Uh, both windows was unfortunately a missed opportunity. And but at least look, at least they're getting something out of it, and they're getting rid of a problem because this is not mm. what they need right now. So, and hopefully they can use whatever money they get uh, in the summer to reinvest. I know they'll probably get 
a lower um, lower transfer fee for him now. But I do believe Scott will probably get more percent than than it was offered yes. by Bournemouth, which was ten. Yeah. Uh, on on his eventual future uh, sale, which I think he'll have some sort of release clause, and he'll he won't stay in Turkey more than uh, I'll even stretch it by saying a couple of seasons. So they might be able to make somewhat close to what they were getting offered to Bournemouth with you know if they make more than the ten percent with that added uh, clause on it. I think they'll 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 get I mean a fair amount for him considering they have a year left on his deal, but. For sure, definitely was a missed opportunity. Now, from that point, Scott, is from Roma's aspect, although it was missed, you are getting money. I don't know of the full details about, obviously, their their uh, financial fair play stipulation they have with UEFA, yeah. but if they need to make smart investments in the summer with his money and whatever else they sell or whatever else they do, they need to be smart in what they invest in the summer if they really want to push for something great next year. Agreed. Uh, I won't talk about FFP today after the Manchester City saga that came out this morning. Um, I don't want to don't want to bring that up. Um, that was quite interesting to read about. I think it was was it over a hundred breaches. But yeah, we won't talk about that. The amount of shit us Roma fans have gone through with FFP and trying to deal stuff with UEFA and yeah, we won't talk about that. But there is one thing to talk about uh, UEFA. Um, Ola Solbach is not on the Europa League list, is he? He's uh, he's had to be excluded. Yeah, it's shocking. I mean, we like we barely again. I know what the rules are and how mm. they, but you don't know the deals that clubs make to UEFA. And, uh, just we we spend very little money. We just signed free agents, and we're still being punished of not having a, a, a player on the roster and. It is a little shocking. It's so back in, but I do understand that the rules like Zaniolo wouldn't have impacted the roster list. So he was forced to take out somebody. And, you know, a guy who hasn't played with us just come from Norway. It only seemed like the the correct choice. Mm. Yeah, something that you probably do on Football Manager and then totally forget the admin role and you're thinking, oh, shit, I forgot about that. But it's understandable. It's just, it's understandable. Um also, Jeannie Wijnaldum, I think he, I, was, I saw earlier um, that they had a Primavera game earlier and I think he came through unscathed. So potentially he could be with the squad for Lecce and if not for Hellas Verona. That's really good news going forward and adds a body into that midfield going forward. Yeah, I was uh, happy. I, I tweeted out today, the, I said, welcome back Jeannie because he was having the that first game against the Primavera so first real test for him to get some minutes under his legs and uh, he came in on scave thankfully from what was reported I'm glad to see and he's going to be a huge boost coming up for us in the second half yeah because um, he looked good in the first first two games before his injury and then we've missed that sort of depth going forward in the midfield I think it's all welcome and what big welcome news for us for Roma fans that we get the the Genie Wijnaldum back and just a bit more bodies in the midfield. Uh, that's really good going forward because more bodies, more depth going forward is really good. And plus, it was a freak incident. It was just a, a mistimed tackle by now a Cremonese player who's no longer at the club. Um, yeah, it was just unfortunate. It was a, a, a Roma thing, wasn't it, Joey? Buy, get a player on loan on a big contract and then he's out for 
about four or five months with a freakish le- uh, leg injury. And when I think we all saw it on that Sunday, we all just panicked and just thought, oh, what the, what the hell is going on? Season's over. But no, very good news to come out of Roma today. We got one listener's question, and it's a it's a question that um, <laughs> it's quite full. It's quite full. We we did talk about it earlier. You were like, "Oh God, what's going on?" Um, Marco Galovic, just two questions. When will the special one leave and go to Chelsea or something? That's one. <laughs> Is there any hope for us to see midfielder actually tries to control the midfield and not be overrun opponents? What do we pay him seven million per year for God's sake? Uh Scott, uh, to be honest, like I mean, with with Jose Mourinho, I think he's he's trying the best of what he has and that that's which all you can really ask. Look, uh People might not agree with his tactical choices, but he he does get the job done within our limitations. We've had midfield problems for years, so this this is even before Jose. We've had midfield problems since uh, the days of uh, Nagelan, Pjanic, De Rossi, and Struman. Obviously, before his mm. injuries, we've had a lot of midfield problems. So it's I I don't think any one coach would come in to fix it. Uh, so he does the best it can with what he has. And look, when we rotate players, we tried so many combinations of midfields. No one's been ever happy with it. So uh, I just think at, at at this point, it's not a it's not a coach thing. It's it's more of a personnel and who you have on the pitch. Um, I'm impressed with Matic, but again, even him, he's not being used the way he should be. On I'm talking about a top quality team. You, you know, you bring him on as a sub. Uh, to close out a game or you bring him on every second or third week as a rotation, fine. But if you're going to have him as your out-and-out starter, it's, you know, that's where problems are going to happen. Same with having Cristante. We, nobody, I don't think many Roma fans enjoy watching him in the midfield. I certainly don't. I think he's a good backup player, but we need to just bring up that quality. And that comes through what we're saying earlier. We need smart investments on the transfer market. So I, I don't think any coach would have made, made them any better and, about the Jose to Chelsea, I, I I don't know what to say. It's not not you know he's not everyone's cup of tea, I guess. But he does what he can, and I I think he's been doing. I've been critical of him, but he's been doing better than I thought he would at Roma. I mean, we have eight more points than last year with a team that's been decimated with injuries, without a Paulo Dybala for a while, without a Genie Wijnaldum. So, and we're fighting for Champions League. So. Mm. That's all we can ask for at this point. Definitely. There may be a potential opening at Chelsea with all the... Oh, it's just madness. That club is being run by a madman at the moment. Um, Ted Bowley, he's spending a lot of money. There's no 329 more. million euros in the January transfer yeah, market. Yeah, that's mad. They spent 105 million on Enzo Fernandez, But I hope... That's a, I, I, he's, he's starting to grow on me. Uh, I will say this. Um we won a trophy last season. I think sometimes the football isn't great. Um, I, I've said on social media, his style of football will get you somewhere, and it is getting Roma somewhere. Just look at the league table and just look how many points we've got. And look to where we were last season. We have the, the potential opportunity to play Champions League football for the first time since the 2018-2019 season. That is massive. Um if he does go, um, it, it 
we did get us to a final. We won. We won something. I would have liked to see what he would have done if he had a bit more money to spend. That was my only th- feeling because um, summer, what was it, seven million euros on Zaki Chalik, and then a few free agents. Um, was it Belotti, Dabala, Matic? Smart signings, a bit of squad depth, Vinaldo on loan, but yeah. Um, He's done a good job with the resources and with the squad he's had. Um, I think last season, six was all right this season. I think the first half of the season in some games where Roma played poorly were, uh, I think some of the results weren't great. But the start to 2023 has been very good and Roma sitting in the top three. It's been, it's been a good start to the year and hopefully it can get better. I, I did make that bold prediction. So who knows? Right. And Scott, I, I, I do want to say like he does work well with at least the 11 that he, uh, that Marino trusts. Mm. I, I, I am trying to think, I don't recall a single game where Dybala has started and we've lost. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's a single game I'm seeing where he started, not where he had to come in to save the day. So imagine not missing him for a month. Mm. Uh, over a month, and obviously Wijnaldum was our big midfield signing, and he hasn't even played a game yet. This is how uh, a Roma-level team is. We're going to be relying on two, three really good players, and we got to hope for the best. They stay as healthy as long as possible. We don't have the funds like other teams to, oh, let me just bring in a hundred million signing, you know, a hundred million euro or pound signing off the bench. We just don't have that. And a lot of Roma, I consider Roma like a, not the top level of, you know, the Madrid's, the United's, the cities, but the level just below that. And Mm. this is what we're going to get, especially with financial fair play. Uh, This is what we have to manage through. Uh, Look, yes, we can do better maybe on scouting and get some undiscovered talents for sure, but this is what we have to work with. So, I mean, I, I think everybody is doing their best jobs and their best job that they can, really, compared to other seasons where you feel everything was broken, the fans weren't into it. I think this has been the best we've had in a few years. So he's grown on me as well. I will say tactically, it's not always pleasing, uh, but he wants to just get to win and he, he doesn't care how he, how he gets it. It's like a win or a win at all cost mentality, which I'm, I'm more than more than uh, agree with. Like the game management in games, which we talked about this season, has been or this year uh, has been outstanding. Um, you have those moments where you feel, oh no, they they're, they're going to concede, but uh, Mourinho's got that back three working really, really well, and the stats show that we we've hardly conceded. We haven't conceded a lot this season, I think, isn't it? Didn't you say the other week that Roma's got one of the best defenses in Serie A? Yeah, they do. When they play their uh, when they play their their three, uh, Ibanez, Smalling, and Mancini, they're one of the hardest defenses uh, to to break down. And they again, they only had that one real lapse against Udinese mm. where they lost four zero. Other than that, I mean. Yeah, you gave up two goals to Napoli, but you made it very tough on the opponent. And then going from there, they had no problems in most of the games they played, at least defensively. And that's what's been working for them. So uh, they've all done well. Mancini's growth has been great. Smalling has been smalling. And there was even an interesting statistic about Ibanez being one of the best center backs 
in terms of headed goals this year. Mm. So we're, we're doing well. Like they're even providing us some some dangerous set pieces and goal. They're doing as much as they can. So they have one of the best defenses in Serie So it's really hard to complain about that. I think Abanias has got six headed goals for Roma. Um, he scored quite a few this season and last season, which is which is a, a very interesting start, which I may have seen on social media. But no, uh, thank you to Marco for your question. A very interesting two three part question. I did just see something earlier that the Zaniolo Galatasaray talks have been put on hold due to what's happened in Turkey, which is more very understandable. Um, we did probably say something earlier that we do probably do expect the transfer to go through, but that's something to 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 look f- to look into in the next couple of days because the Turkish transfer window does close on Wednesday, and some the horrific news that did come out of Turkey and Syria today, which is probably has been plastered all over the news and as I said at the beginning of the podcast our thoughts and our prayers are with everyone that's been affected but yeah the Zanioli to Galatasaray talks have been put on hold for the moment so yeah um, Joey do you have anything else to add? Uh, nope that's all for me I'm good thanks Scott No that's not a problem 45 minutes talking about a wonderful victory some copper Italian talk transfers um yeah it's been a very interesting pod um thank you for listening uh i will do the the usual spill uh all previous episodes you can find on the website it's lemagicast.com you can find all our podcasts on the podcast platform so your apple soundcloud bob bean tune in etc etc i will probably be investing in a new microphone in the next couple of weeks i get paid in a couple of weeks and probably get a new microphone so you don't have to listen to me through my Apple headphones. The sound will be a lot, lot better, I promise. Uh, Joey, thank you once again for joining me on this Monday evening. Um, an absolute pleasure. We are um, loving you having you on in the last couple of weeks, and you'll probably be on a lot more in the next few. Can't wait to express more of my uh, Roma opinions to everybody. So, <laughs> no, but it's been great, Scott. Thank you very much. No worries. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Hope you're staying safe and enjoying the late winter weather and then the football in the next couple of weeks. Ciao. Ciao.